UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Blue Dog Man, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Typical Skeptic channel. Today I have a return guest with me. For some reason, what I, I think it must be the mysteriousness of the demons that were involved. I lost the total recording of this video and that never happened. So who I have with me back is MR Gorga. He's a former copywriter and journalist with film and TV credentials. He was nice enough to come back on the show. He has a book out called Demons Among Us and it's a best-selling book. It's doing really well. And on Amazon and um, uh, everywhere else that so um, he contends that people experiment with occultic practices are often successful with demonic attacks and we're going to get in, into all this today and uh, again thank you again for coming back on my show MR how are you I'm doing great thanks for having me back on yeah this is a this was an interesting this is an interesting episode um so what what surprised you most about writing this Demons Among Us? Or maybe I'll ask you this, like, what? how did you get involved in the writing of Demons Among Us? Well, Demons Among Us is actually uh, an answer to a string of nighttime assaults I was experiencing by uh, dark forces and demonic entities. And, um, and so really what was happening at that time was I was being woken up in the middle of the night, in the dead of night, with uh, cold... Uh, the cruel steely hands um, choking me. So I wake, I would wake up to being choked half to death. Um, chest suppressions, pressing me into the bed, like a lead weight being pressed down into the, into the bed, um, evil whisperings, bitings and scratchings. And uh, so it was demons among us is actually an answer to um, those nighttime assaults. I was experiencing and because the last thing that these uh, forces, they don't want to be exposed. It's the last thing they, they, they fear being kind of dragged into the light and exposed for the things that they do and what they are. Uh, and so my, it was my answer. Basically it was like, okay, you're going to attack me. I'm going to attack back. And uh, uh, demons among us is my punch back to the demonic forces that were assaulting me. No, do you think there's rules to what they can do and what they can't do? Because, I mean, I don't know, like, it seems like if you look at alien abductions, for example, like, there's a lot of cases where people actually get like human mutilations, but it's not talked about much. So in the demonic world, are there like killings? Or does it not go that far? Or what would you say? Yeah, of course, there are. There's, you know, the, these entities, their, their goal and mission uh, in the in the realm of the the supernatural or the spirit realm is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, I think that uh, people believe that they are abducted by aliens. Um, when I, it is my belief that these are not aliens, but these are demonic entities 
uh, masquerading as aliens. Uh, and so I, I believe that they are basically they're demons with a mask on uh, and they can take on the form of whatever form that they want. I mean, these are these are highly supernatural beings. They're uh, fallen angels with incredible powers, um, both intellectually, um, f- physically, uh, in their own physical form. Um, and so they are they are highly superior to uh mankind uh and so uh these things can take on um all kinds of forms uh and i also believe that ghosts and you know things of that nature um are also the same thing they're demons with a mask on and um and they're out there they're they're out to deceive um so they and they can do that with any form that they want yeah and sure they can kill and they start to kill me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they they just haven't. They, they, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's so interesting, like, um, because they they have different ways. Okay, so like they have the way if if they are demon, if the aliens are demons, you know, they're abducting people and making hybrids, which is weird. You know, that makes me think like, are they trying to start their own uh, satanic army or something like that? But then also it makes me think like, well, why would they pose as like a gray alien? Maybe because it's like not as um it's not as harmful it doesn't seem as like it's not assuming like they're they seem like frail or something or maybe that's just the form they take but then also i was thinking like um let me think where was my mind going with that oh um what what they can attack in many different ways they abduct people they come to people in their sleep they come to people in their day they come through voices in the head Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely have all different kinds of ways of attacking right yes absolutely yeah i mean um okay so there's a it seems like there's a there's a lot of questions in there so let's go back to what they're doing um abducting and impregnating and and trying to create hybrids this is this is actually nothing new. This is exactly what was what had happened in the Bible in Genesis. And it said the sons of God or the sons of uh, these, these angels had come down and they impregnated women and they created a race um, called Nephilim, which were the giants of the land, which the Bible says they were men of renown. And so these were, these were very, very, um, you know, tall <laughs> and they're giants and superior in strength, but they also uh, spread great evil in the land. And that's partly why God had to judge um, the land of Noah at that time with a, with a worldwide flood is because of these beings were um, um, such a, a high form of evil that it, it had to be destroyed from the, from the earth. And so what you see now in these alien we'll call them abductions and they're, but yeah, they, they will and can and have uh, became a hybrid race. Um, And this is, again, this is nothing new. Uh, They're doing and functioning and operating exactly to a T to how these demon forces worked thousands of years ago. Do you think they're just throwing people off with the craft? Like it's trickery. So do you think like the UFOs are kind of like a, like a like a trickster element to it. Yeah, I believe so. I, it's almost like a uh, a demonic firework display, uh, display, you know. So it's like, ooh, look at this, and there's these shiny objects. But just you know, look what they do. It's just beyond any kind of um, machines or anything that uh, you know, technologies or anything like that. And you start to see some of these uh, photos that come up, where you could see a blurriness or th- around it too. So I, 
I just think that these things are uh, in a spiritual dimension and of they're out to deceive with that as well, to make you believe that there's aliens. You know, is, is there, is this book a combination of your experiences and other people's experiences as well? Uh, this is a book of my experiences, but it's also um, uh, experiences of, well, I, det- I detail uh, the first fully documented eyewitness account of demonic possession in American history, uh, which was uh, two decades or 20 years before the Salem witch trials. So it's a really, a historical account of works of um, of the demonic nature, and uh, that details a a sixteen year old girl who was a maid servant or maid to the a local town minister in Massachusetts at the time. And the reason why it's the first fully documented eyewitness account is because um, she was exhibiting some bizarre hate, uh, behaviors that really made the minister take note at the time. And they started to get, after a two-week period, um, a, a, little, a little bizarre that he took to his journal and he started writing a blow by blow, you know, day by day of what was happening and, and how he was trying to find out what was happening to her and how he can, you know, whether it was demonic or whether it was medical or whether it was like what was happening to her. Uh, he was just trying to get to the bottom of it, but it became so, so bizarre that it was beyond um, being uh, named epilepsy or frenetic melancholy, which would have been like manic depression at the time um, or um, you know, or any of the diseases of astonishment, which was, which would they, they termed during the day. Um, and he had to conclude that there was something demonic happening. That's amazing. Like, and, and then, uh, have you looked into other cases of possession as well? And, and does it seem like the demons attack in a slow nature or what, what are the signs that someone will show that they're possessed? Can they be, um, anything from mild signs to, uh, major signs or what, what would you say? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a lot. So it's, um, you have to understand that possession itself is the most extreme form. Well, and that's when you're, you'll start seeing people being like malnourished or they'll take away the appetite or they'll eat strange things or the, you know, things of that nature. And you've seen the stuff in movies where the, you know, their, their limbs in, and everything and, you know, just disjointed sort of fragmenting, you know, motions jagged motions and things of that nature's other voices in other languages so you've seen that stuff in film but then there's other stuff that's not so noticeable or traceable as demonic and and um, like i said uh possession is the extreme form but then there's uh, there's harassment there's oppression um and so when they what these spirits do is it's not widely recognized as a spirits or even a spiritual work, but they're better known by what they do. Um, Meaning that there are spirits of depression, spirits of suicide, uh, anxiety, uh, spirits of lust and uh, pharmacoi, meaning uh, sorceries where we get our, our word pharmaceutical or pharmacy from uh, which was, that was, uh, what was used in in ancient mysticism, um, and so there's ties to that as well. So there's a lot of ways we can kind of open up avenues to demonic oppression, um, you know, life controlling depression, life controlling issues, 
uh, could be, um, you could have um, be influenced by or under the grip of um, a spiritual demonic entity. Yeah, influence. Was, I think we talked about this last time, but this is really important to touch on. Like, I think like when these people have cases of like mental illness or like schizophrenia, be, you know, like they can that can that can be demonic possession, right? To a certain degree. I think so. I, I think that you know, there's a fine line. There's a place for psychiatrics and power in you know, in psychology. Um, and but there's also uh, I think we do need to start taking these kinds of things a little more seriously and stop just labeling people as crazy, because I, I do believe that there's a, a spiritual force out there that we need to kind of consider uh, that these people may be under uh, an assault and by slapping them or uh, with a name on it and just giving them drugs. Um, I think that we're trying to, um, we're trying to remedy a spiritual condition with natural means and remedies. And it's, it's never going to happen. They need a supernatural means uh, in order to set them free. And so I, I think that there's many poly people out there um, that have been labeled with these things just because they can't with their own natural learnings and understandings understand the realm of the spiritual because it's beyond their their means of understanding and so i think that we need to really start taking a look at this a little more earnestly um that there is a spiritual component that we're wrestling with as human as individuals and and, uh, we need to get set free if if we don't know what we're up against like we could be at a real loss because they kind of it's like being in a poker game and they're holding all the cards right because <laughs> yeah. they know the ins and outs of the spirit world it seems right. like they don't know the soul though because here, here's why i that, that i was thinking about this and you, you let me know what you think like um in the alien abduction lore you hear a lot of times that they're trying to create hybrids because they want to create a soul so for some reason and, and that's just one example but it seems like maybe these beings want to know more about our soul or they want to have control over our souls, but maybe there's a lock on our souls from God that won't let them get to that. What do you think? Well, I mean, I don't believe that they're trying to create a soul. If anything, they're trying to destroy souls and they're trying to pervert the, uh, the creation of God, which is mankind. Uh, and so they're going to do anything they can to the tri- to tr- twist the nature, pervert the nature, uh, destroy the nature, confuse the human nature, um, anything, uh, or pervert it in a way that um, uh, that was never meant to be, you know, in a way that was never meant to be perverted. And I think that this is what they, this is what they do. They try to destroy, twist, pervert, and ultimately destroy uh, the the human nature. That's pretty interesting. Now, um, the, you talked about people who experiment with occultic practices could often be susceptible to. Uh, demonic attacks, I guess. Yeah. These kinds of things, when we start um, tampering or using occultic uh, methods, uh, spiritists, um, psychic readings, um, conjuring or talking to the dead, um, you know, horoscopes, and even, even those things, these all act as doorways or avenues in which these spirit entities can, um, can enter someone's life. And, um, with continued use, um, the stronghold gets stronger and stronger, um, and it, it ultimately um, could end up in possession. And at the very least, 
a, an actual grip or a stronghold. So you think that you're using these things or these entities for your for your advantage, but they actually have advantage over you because they're you know they will slowly uh, but surely enslave you um, in in their own grips. Yeah, and and then a lot of times, like people that try to talk to the dead, they think they're talking to their father or mother that passed, or God forbid, whoever passed in their family, their grandma, right. uncle, cousin, but it's actually a demon posing right. as that, right? It's not the yeah. it's not the family member, right? No, like I said before, they can transform into anything they want. In fact, the Bible says uh, the devil himself transforms himself into an angel of light, meaning that you know you have the most evil force in all of the all of the cosmos. And, uh, and on earth um, becoming something that looks like and acts like something so superiorly good, meaning that so, uh, you know, you can have the the angel Lucifer himself appear as a Virgin Mary, uh, you know, that's that's an alarming that's an alarming trait to have to be able to transform yourself into anything that you that you want. Um, and they can do the same with de- deceased relatives and, um, you know, they can, they, they know what your grandmother sounded like. They know her tone of her voice. They know what she wore. They know what she smelled like. Um, these beings have been around since the dawn of time. Uh, and so they're very, very well aware of how your your how to mimic your ancestors or your deceased relatives and so, and that's why the, and it's, and it's dead on, it's spot on. That's why it's so, um, that's why it's so deceiving is because it's so spot on. Uh, and so people get sucked into it and, and, and drawn into it to think that they're, they're talking to relatives when they're in fact talking to demons. Uh, one, one time uh, I had another demonologist on the show. Uh, his name was Nathaniel Gillis. He's, he's pretty much mm-hmm. messaged him and told him that um, um, talking to is what he called his, his father, his father's alien type, type right. beings. All right? right. And then he, he would have regular out of body experiences. Right. So, uh, yeah. and, and you would have to listen to Nathaniel tell it. He tells the story much better, but he had an out of body experience and he witnessed these beings for what they really were. Not that they were not as his guides, but he saw them for what they really were. And they, 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 they did a number on him. They carved like religious yeah. amulets and, or, you know, like religious, yeah. like a star of David, a cross and something else. Yeah, I believe it. Skin. Yeah. And uh, they just like totally worked him over once that he realized that they weren't what they, he thought they were, you know? Right. I mean, what we have to understand, these things are, are highly malevolent beings. And once we start tampering and communicating and, you know, and associating with these things, um, they have their they have no good intent there is no good demon in the spirit realm and yeah they they will um you know they will do things like that and um you know they they hate mankind and so you're you know you're if, if you're tampering with these um if you're entering into the spirit realm uh unprotected i like to say that it's like jumping into a tank full of sharks because um, that's the the same equivalent. So if you go and you enter into the spirit realm without any protection, you're basically jumping into a tank full of sharks, um, and, and you're that vulnerable. And yeah, they they will do some serious ass kicking for sure. Even like something as simple as a Ouija board, like yeah, they, people think a Ouija board is harmless. And what's crazy is they have them in every store still, like to this day. Like they're yeah. but, but that kind of opens up a portal 
to contact other entities. And yeah. when, and the way I look at it is when you're, how can you try to contact something when you don't know what's on the other side, right? You have no, well, yeah. Cause they make you believe like what's on the other side, but it's, you know, it's, it's, they're malevolent entities. They're, you know, again, they, they are hateful, evil beings. Uh, and, um, but Ouija board is just another, you know, it's another form of witchcraft, um, which, you know, um, you know, the Bible really denounces all of these uses because um, God knows or knew, knows what was going to happen when you enter into the spirit realm unprotected and he didn't want that. So there's rules and parameters uh, set in place in the spirit. So you don't get, you know, so, so you do not get assaulted or assailed and um, tormented um, by these beings. And so, uh, but when you enter in through the wrong gate, so to say, these are the kinds of things that happen. That's amazing. Now, this isn't just in the Christian faith, though, right? It happens like there's like the jinn and the Muslim faith. And even in the in the Jewish faith, there's demonic entities. Um, and I, I think in the Hindu religion, I think in every faith, they have a form of a demon, right? Yeah, there is demons in every in every faith form, you know, in, in every religion. And you have to understand these these beings, they they operate outside of religion. They're not of religion. Yeah. See, they were in the presence of God for however long they were there. And, you know, God is not a religion and uh, the man Jesus is not a religion. So these things, they, they operate outside of, they don't need a specific religion. They're not a religion at all. Because religion is man-made, right? Uh, well, a religion is a, is a construct in a sense. So it's like, it's not so much that it's man-made because God had delivered these, you know, principles or the 10 commandments to mankind. You know, you will love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, you'll have no other gods before me. You will not steal. You will not kill. You will love your mother and father, right? You, you know, and, and all those and all the other commandments. So it's like, you know, God handed down um, a playbook or a rule book, in a sense, on how we were to, to, to govern our lives and how we would have the best lives. Um, and so so when you look at it like that, there are guiding principles in life, um, you know, but we, I think, had come along and and sort of made these religious practices. We, we've, we've added relics and we've added rites and we've added you know, we've added all these different things uh, to, to, you know, and in, in biblically speaking, you know, the, it's, it's very simple. It's you, you have a relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ, and you have a relationship with a man called, Je called Christ Jesus. And so there's, you know, other than that, we've just sort of built these, these things around it and into it and added idolatry and, and things of that nature. And, so, but yeah, is, is religion man, uh, man created? No, I believe that um, there is a God created, um, if you want to call it religion or, uh, you know, God, God principles that he's put into mankind. And I think that all other religions are um, basically, um, they, they are given by demonic spirits to, to, um, uh, to, to lead people away from the truth. Okay. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So they're inspired by demonic entities, like the, the act of idolatry and worshiping statues. That's not man. That's, that's spirit given dictation in a sense. Like, yeah. 
Um, you know, now you, that could have happened like, you know, centuries ago in whatever that religion is, but originally it was inspired by, uh, false entities. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Um, can you tell me about the, um, the, uh, the, the case of Rebecca Greensmith? I don't know if we covered that last time. Yeah, I can't recall if we did or not, but Rebecca Greensmith's a, a really interesting story. Um, people think that Salem witch trials was the, the, the one and only or the first witch panic to ever happen in America. Actually, it was in Connecticut and it was 40 years or so before the Salem witch trials. So it was like in 1650s, I want to say 1653. Um, and that took place in Hartford, Connecticut. And so um, Rebecca Greensmith was a confessing witch who was priorly priorly jailed on uh on other witch witchy kind of things that she was accused of right so uh, but as the story goes um there was a woman there she was a christian woman and she was uh revered and known as a godly woman of dutch descent and her name was ann cole and ann cole started experiencing um these um um these these fits or these manifestations, um, you know, like in her mind and, uh, or, or uh, trances. And so she would start experiencing these trances and in these trances, she started hearing um, these voices and she was hearing these voices plot against her own life, but it wasn't human voices. She was hearing, she was actually hearing what would be like this demonic, round table who are basically like having a discussion with with these demons having a discussion with one another saying how are we going to um to ruin her ruin her life and that they were trying to ruin her marriage they were trying to soil her good name they were trying to soil uh, and spoil her standing in christ and so uh, she was overhearing all of this stuff so when she kind of comes out of the um, the this trance of hearing this this demonic discussion so she tells her husband the husband tells the minister and the minister tells like two other ministers and so they go uh to the jail where rebecca greensmith is in oh and in this conversation they say well who are we going to get to do this and they name rebecca greensmith so these ministers they go and uh to the prison where she's uh, housed at and they confront her about the things that um, ha, uh, Ann Cole had overheard in these trances or in this spiritual kind of state. And Rebecca Greensmith confesses that, yes, it was true. She had been consorting with the devil and with demons. And then she further confessed other things, meaning that she would regularly hold witch meetings in the woods um, she would, uh, that the devil had first appeared to her in the form of a fawn. And then, uh, after a few times, it actually spoke, he actually spoke through the fawn and started communicating with her through this animal. And then, um, and then not only that, um, she confessed to actually having, um, regular having sex with the devil regularly which she described as it was both ecstatic and repulsive at the same time 
And it was because of these confessions, this was one of the first witch hangings um, in the colonies was, was she was one of the first to be hung as a witch in the colonies. This is so amazing. These, these Salem witch trials, I think these have to be examined more. Um, you know, um, I'm usually, uh, like, I, I understand there's there's bad in witchcraft, but I usually have a, a different kind of stance because I feel like a lot of times, like, the, a, a lot of groups that were kicked out may have been, they've just been practicing, like, the Gnostics and the Druids and stuff like that. I think maybe they had more, like, benevolent intentions, but not with these Salem witch trials. It seems like they were more these witches were cooking up something a lot more malevolent, right? Well, I mean, this is, okay, so this is a, a many-layered cake when you start talking about the Salem witch trials because you have something that starts off in the home of the minister at the time, which I think his name was Samuel Paris. And so when their kids start coughing up, like, you know, pins and needles and start having convulsive seizures and stuff, which was really oh the God. kind of, yeah, stuff that was happening back then. And then... So they end up um, blaming um, the Caribbean um, maid Tichaba, and and she had made. Oh, I, I remember. Yeah. I heard about her because I watched the the movie on um, the show. Oh my god! Do you remember American Horror Story? Did yeah, you yeah. That? Did you ever uh, see yeah. the, the season called Coven? Where they do about the the witch coven? That's a great season. Like right, I'm right, sorry, right. I didn't mean to, I, that, yeah, no all, worries. They based it all off real stuff. Like that slave Tatuba was a real yeah. practicing witch, right? Right. Well, she was. Well, she was from the Caribbean, so I don't think she she understood in a sense that she was actually functioning in in witchcraft. I think she was a uh, functioning according to her culture. And not really kind of fully understanding that is that it is indeed uh, witchcraft. So she made these cakes with like urine that the kids should eat so they didn't experience these things. And that's a very witchcraft thing. Right. And so um, and so these kids were experiencing these things. But then there were other people. Um, a couple of girls involved were um, Ann Putnam, Mercy. I want to say Mercy Lewis. Um and a few other girls um, that that they they started giving like false confessions. Like Ann Putnam was one of them. She was responsible for putting someone like nineteen people to death because of her testimony, and she was very young at the time. So they're taking this testimony of this girl saying, "Well, I saw uh, I saw Goody Nurse, you know, appear to me as a specter, and she was doing this and and that." And so they accused like all kinds of people. And Rebecca Nurse was like, uh, she was like in her 70s and her 80s, and she was a godly woman. So when they came to her and told her that that uh, so and so or Ann Putnam had had named her as a as a witch, she almost like fell off her chair. And she's just saying, I'm a, I'm a godly woman. What's going on here? And so they take her to court and they they drum up all these these things and they start um, and they start acting out as if they're, they're being um, possessed, meaning that if she looked at her, then they would fall over, you know, so and- this is what, this, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to you, but this is like, you can see the work of demons working through people. Like, and the, and the way I say this is a lot of times the people weren't doing witchcraft, but they were pretending like it. So they were doing real evil things to get the people convicted, right? Yeah, they were kids. Like, so these are, so, so Ann Putnam was young and her mother was also involved too. And then- and a couple of other girls as well. And so, um, and so that, you know, in, in Ann Putnam's diary, when she was writing and she was like, you should have saw so-and-so today, 
they really believed her and and blah 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 and it, you know and later on in life she actually um uh she actually repented publicly and and with a with a letter and and she said that you know she made up a lot of it and she made up a lot of stuff so you know plus there was at the same at the same time there were people who had jealousies and they had lands um uh landlines uh you know, back to back with each other. So the people wanted someone's lands and, and things of that nature. And so it just became an excuse to a lot of it to, you know, to, to convict somebody else or to, you know, at a, whether as at a spite or pettiness or whatever the case may be, people use those witch trials as an excuse to, um, you know, to, to, you know, to, for revenge or to acquire lands or, or to uh, they had a grudge against people so it got really really crazy how did they end up finally coming to a stop like what put a stop to the salem witch trials what what did it did it just kind of ease off or like what no i mean that was you know the the work of you know christian pastors or pastors are the ones who stopped it i mean there was uh uh the guy i talk about in chapter two of my book um in, in that possession story it was because of his role with uh, with the possession case of his maid, which qualified him to be a part of the Salem witch trials. And so he was at court and he was arguing against the use of spectral evidence. Um, he had a real common sense and moderate approach to these witch trials. And he was saying that, you know, we cannot allow spectral evidence uh, in the in the court. It's not sufficient enough to convict on a witchcraft case, which was a capital crime. There was no doubt you were going to die if you were named a witch, and he knew this. And even if you did not die a witch, your reputation would be so forever scarred that you would never overcome it. So it was actually better to be named a murderer at that time than be named a witch. And so, you know, people had to move out of out of town and and move into other locations if you were named a witch it just it ruined somebody's life forever and so he knew this and so he argued against these uh the trials he argued against the the use of spectral evidence he he was very moderate so he was part in part partial in in ending the witch trials um you know meaning that they were they, they were finally they were out of hand and then i think they finally had some uh um you know, some real credible lawyers. I can't remember his name, but he came in as well. Uh, and so it was part in part through the ministers and in part through uh, the law where they finally got to put the stop through. And, and where did they first start noticing the, 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 uh, the, the witchcraft? Because I, from what I've heard, heard it, it comes from, it, it came from the slaves, which, you know, that's, they had voodoo and hoodoo, you know, hoodoo is more of like a, like a homebrewed voodoo from what I, from what I understand. And then that, that came from South America, that came from Africa, it came from the, 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 the slaves. But, but, but I was wondering, is there also a witchcraft that comes from Europe that was kind of brought over here with those people, with the, with the, um, the, the settlers? Yeah, of course. Well, you know, with witchcraft came over, we came over with, we also came over with, you know, sort of, you know, superstitions as well, which, you know, kind of really guided some of, some of the decisions in the, in the, 
you know, the witch trials, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, witchcraft is as old as as old as dirt, man. I mean, because it's we're talking about uh, being uh, an influence by you know a practice influenced by demonic entities and spiritual spirit beings, and so this stuff has been around since you know day one. You talk about you know the Roman culture, or you talk about Babylonian culture, or you talk about these ancient civilizations. They all had a form of witchcraft, which, by the way they all look very similar because they all have a measure of that. They all use um, getting into a trance like state fire, uh, a sacrifice, um, whether it was, you know, a, a individual a human or some kind of offering or a token, they all look the same throughout all cultures in all of history with some slight variations of the practice but at the core, it's the same thing. These war, the 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 demons expect um, uh, these yeah these kinds of you know these kinds of things to be offered uh, to them, and it looks very very similar throughout all cultures throughout all time. Yeah. That's why you'll look at like the Native American Indians back in the day. They're actually that actually resembles modern witchcraft. It would have been like witchcraft light, where it's it's you know it's lighter cousin, you know because like it got, you know, uh, it got darker, but they were doing the same things, right? So they were doing rituals around a fire and would use tobacco as an offering um, into the fire. And they would try to hear from spirit or animal, uh, what they thought they were hearing from animal spirits. Uh, but no, they were, they were hearing from demonic spirits. So, um, but it almost looks the same in every culture. It almost looks the same exact as um, Santeria, or uh, voodoo. It all looks very, very, very similar with very slight variations throughout all cultures and all time. That's so interesting. Like, I don't know if you ever heard the story. This is so interesting. I think you'll you'll love this story if you if you haven't heard it. Do you ever watch? Did you ever watch Art Bell or listen to Art Bell at all? Uh, yeah, well, uh, Art Bell, yeah. I mean, I've I've actually been on with uh, with George Norrie. Uh, so so yeah, I'm familiar with Art before, Bell. Before Art died, he did a um. He did a, a show called Midnight in the Desert when he left Coast to Coast. Yep. And, okay, well, he, yep. the one night he interviewed this woman, her name's Deborah Moffat, right? And mm-hmm. she wrote the book called A Deadly Haunting. And I've been trying to get this lady on the show for, I, I even offered, like, I was like, listen, I was like, I want you to come on my show for Halloween because she has one of the best cases of, like, possession and she I, she won't answer me back because I think maybe she just maybe doesn't want to deal with it. I don't yeah. know. But I mean, like, she okay so this demon was writing to her on the on the bathroom mirror it was mm-hmm. writing commands that it wanted her and her family to do right and if something wouldn't be done then uh then then all hell would break loose. there's a penalty the demon, the demon took the dogs and yeah. you know how there's fences that are spiked well yep. they found their dogs spiked on a fence the one day because yeah. the demon got pissed off um how it all started was there was a um uh, a, a Caribbean housekeeper or something like that, who uh, they thought might have been practicing witchcraft, which opened up a portal. Right. Okay? And then all of a sudden, like thing, it, it, the demon came, and it turns out to be listen to this: that Deborah Moffat's mother-in-law, her mother-in-law, was wanted by the demon from a previous life. He said that he owned her from a previous life, and he was coming to get what he wanted. The the, the her, her husband, not Deborah Moffat, but her her. Uh, 
her her her, her husband uh, her, found a um found a spear in his bed. He found mm. like the demon produced a spear, and she sure. she shows the picture of the spear. It looked like some crazy ancient spear type thing. It was insane. Like and and I, and I was thinking, I was like, was this made up? And it was honestly, it's one of those stories. It's one of those Art Bell episodes where I was like, this is so compelling that I can't even listen to it because it was starting to give me like. It was it was so real that it was like it was it was it was a little bit terrifying, you know. Yeah, I get the same thing from my book, and I got people who say that you know it's so real and so terrifying that I have to keep putting it down or walk away and come back to it. But yeah, these things are actually, um, you know, they don't take me by surprise. I believe that you know a lot of these things are you know are real. Yes, they can um, leave objects, and yes, they can um, write on the mirror and yes, they can give commands. So to me, it's not, you know, it's not very shocking um, because I know these things are real. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Do you have any other um, really good cases in your book that you remember that you might want to go over real quick, like that you could talk about? Uh, I'm trying to think, well, there, you know, there's these, the cases that I outline are sort of like, uh, like the, the biggies, you know, I, uh, I really like the, uh, really love the, you know, the, the possession story with the, you know, uh, with the, with the minister and his maid. Um, other than that, there's, there's basically the, the stories of, um, in the spiritual sense where people start to claim they hear voices, um, and they're on, um, they're on pharmaceuticals. They've been put on pharmaceuticals and they were taking sort of things and they start saying like, well, I'm hearing voices and I'm hearing voices. And there's a story in the book I outline, a detail is of a 12 year old boy who was recently put on one of those medications, antidepressants. And uh, he, one night he grabs a gun, goes up the stairs and he kills both of his grandparents. Oh my God. Oh my and God. That's then, he, then he takes, then he takes the car and he, he takes it on a drive. I think he said either set it on fire or he set the house on fire. I, I can't remember all of the details, but yeah, I know they're in my book, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, and so when they, you know, when they were under questioning, you know, it's like, well, why, you know, why did you do this? He said, well, I was, I was hearing voices. And they said, well, what were, what were they saying? And he said, kill. And then it, like what he was describing is that they were coming like so rapid fire command, like kill, 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 kill. Like so with such a powerful force, he said, uh, the only way to make the voices stop was to um, obey uh, or do what they were commanding me to do. And, and so uh, so what I, I believe like what is happening is like these these opioids are actually opening up people to the spirit realm and to a spiritual dimension. And I, I trace it all the way back to it to ancient mysticism um, that that was used to open up uh, people to hear voices in the spirit, like uh, ancient ancient uh, like Roman rituals or it's just ancient mysticisms where they would use these religions or they would use um, a for, same form of what we use today uh, to open up their their minds to hearing these spirits or these voices. And the common denominator is the opium poppy, um, meaning that the the opium they would use opium, whether it was smoked or whether it was inhaled or whether it was a pill, 
they would use opium to hear these voices because it it opened them up to the spiritual dimension. Now, what I believe is this is the same thing because we are still using opium or we're using an, a synthetic opium form uh, in these medications that are opening up people um, to hear to hearing these voices. So I, I believe that these things have like a, a spiritual dimension where um, they are hearing voices and they are hearing commands to kill because he's not the only one to say it. I detail it in the book as well. I mean, and to go a little bit further, that could be done out of design. And I hate to say like how evil the world could be, but that could be one big spell right there. That some that they they know that they're putting these out to people, and they know that it'll open up those portals. And next thing you know, school shootings happen, or next thing you know, someone blows up a bus, or you know, like I mean, like it just causes chaos in the world that's not really needed at this point in time, but it still happens. And I was thinking there could be something much bigger at play there, which is probably another whole other podcast, but <laughs> I can, I would imagine, space, you know, but you correctly used the word spell, because like I said out in, earlier in the show, um, that where we get our word pharmaceutical from it's pharmacoi and that original in the Greek it's sorceries. Wow. Wow. So we are using about. sorceries, witchcraft spells right and so incantation they used it in their incantations um now these people aren't using it using it for incantations they're just taking it for medical use but it's still i believe opening up these these realms um you know and it was the case with the woman who drowned her five kids in the car and so she was she was she was recently on them she was on these medications and and so she says to i think it was the the psychiatrist do you believe in satan and the psychiatrist is like, um, you know, she kind of didn't know, but she goes, because I'm I'm hearing the voice of Satan. Oh man. I, I don't even that that's so that's so dark, man. That's uh, you're right. Your book is sounds like it's pretty dark. Like it's very dark, yeah. I, 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 no, but I think if you're doing the world a good because like I think people need to hear this. So, you know, they're they're more prepared for what's going on in the world and what we're dealing with. Like I yeah. think that this is we're in a spiritual warfare to sum things up. I think we're in a spiritual yeah. warfare and the only way out is from within, if that makes any sense. Well, that's why I wrote the book was to to open up not just an as an answer to these assaults, but I, I really wrote the book is to to open up people's eyes to this spiritual dimension and to see and to show them what's happening behind the realm of the paranormal. So I peel back that curtain in order for them to to see. Um, how it functions and how it operates, the, the mechanisms and the, the, you know, and the, the tools and the weapons and the, you know, so I, you know, so I really kind of like rip back that veil for them to see. Now, not everyone's going to understand because this is from a very, very spiritual dimension perspective. Um, you can't open everyone's eyes, but I, uh, you know, truly hope to, <laughs> to open some. I have, you know, I've heard reports that, you know, it's changing their lives and their, you know, and they've, they've seen things they've never seen before, never even thought about because it's from a very spiritual level and not from, um, you know, not from a, a natural level, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's written from a very supernatural level. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. If you can tell everybody where to find your website, where to find the book, and if you want to hold up the book. So, uh, yeah. So this is Demons Among Us, Shocking Real Life Stories from the Paranormal. Um, it is an Amazon number one bestseller. 
Um, and so you can find that on Amazon in Kindle and print versions. I will have the audiobook version soon. I don't know when, but it's coming. <laughs> and uh, uh, you can find me online and on Instagram at m.r.gorga and um, at Facebook at mrgorga. Yeah, and I did definitely made sure I recorded this. Thank you again, and and, <laughs> and and thank you so much for doing this again. I really appreciate it. I, you know, I'll make sure it gets up on all platforms, and and uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you taking your time out to do it again. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. I'm, I'm glad to uh, glad to do it. All right, and, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. All right, you too. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.